Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. It's time for another edition of Simply Financial. Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Inside Folios, serving you with offices in Pinconning and Saginaw. If you're anywhere throughout the Tri-City area, this is the show for you if you're trying to get a little bit smarter when it comes to your finances and retirement planning. We're online at insightfolios.com, where you can ask questions, click the listen button to listen to past episodes. That's insightfolios.com. Kevin brings more than three decades of experience to the program each and every time we chat. And Kevin, I'm looking forward to another great show with you today. I am too, Walter. Nothing to do here in Michigan. Too much. The ice hasn't frozen over enough to go ice fishing. And we've got just enough snow that you really can't snowmobile. So I was really looking forward to today's. It's like a tough in-between for you. That's It is. No fishing, no hunting for me now. That's a sad story. Well, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, tr- a sad story. I'll try to bring some optimism to, to, to your life here with a uh, right. quote of the week to get us started. All right. Let's, uh, Let's go. Get things on a bright note. This comes to us from... Uh, Chris Brogan, I think is his name, Brogan. I don't actually know who this guy is, but Chris Brogan, uh, said the goal isn't more money. The goal is living life on your terms. Pretty poignant. That is pretty poignant, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, it it reminds me, you know, you want to live life on your terms. You, You worked all your years. You got to retirement or you think you're getting to retirement. And you, you got an idea in the back of your mind and you want to live based on what you want to do. Let me, let me relate that to a story. I was just in the doctor's office the other day, and one of the nurses that was in there is getting ready to retire. And she didn't know who I was. She didn't know I was in finances or anything like that. And she's only 50, 52. So in three years, she wanted to retire. And I said, you know, she, we're talking back and forth, and finally told her what I do. And I says, do you have a plan put together? No. I said, do you have a financial advisor? Well, I did, but he told me I couldn't retire in three years. So that's just the opposite of what we're talking about, right? Is she's not going to live, you know, her retirement, her way, possibly. She may be on the shorter end of the stick. So if that's you, you have to put some plan behind it. You have to get ready for retirement. You have to know going in if you can live your life on your time. And that's the key to what we do week in and week out. What do you think? I feel like anybody can relate to this uh, to this quote, right? I mean, even as a thirty-something, I this is a constant battle. There are periods in in my life up to this point where the goal has been about money, right? Like, right. hey, I'm young, I grind. All we need to do now is just take that income up to the next level. You know, whatever the case may be, like that's the driving force. I don't, I, I don't care about if it takes eighty-hour work weeks to get there and those kinds of things. And then you'll go through a, a phase, perhaps, or you'll reach that transition point. Now you'll kind of recalibrate a little bit. Where I've had moments where I say, "All right, all right, you know, things are comfortable right now. Things are good. I, I want to live life on my own terms a little bit now." And so you, you kind of think probably through life, make little mini adjustments like that. But then, absolutely, as you get closer to retirement, I think that's the big transition where all of your working life was to accumulate, accumulate, and then distribution comes in retirement. How are we going to use those funds that we worked so hard to build up? That's the 
living life on your terms. So, and, and don't go into retirement without knowing the answers to those things. Because like I said, this nurse, she had no clue about what her social security was going to be. She had no pension. So how are you going to get from 55 to 62? Do not make that mistake because later on in life, more often than not, it's going to bite you in the butt. That's a great point. You know, actually, I'll have to, uh, you know, give some uh, some some chat about my parents here for a moment. Not to, th- I'm not throwing them under the bus by any means, but I'll, I'll put them in the spotlight, if you will. Okay. Kind of interesting because they've had this game plan now for the past year or so, where they've started to zero in on what they want to do in retirement. And but now that it's getting closer and closer, and they're starting to define it, it's also giving pause and causing more discussion. And so the the latest adjustment, as the goal has been to live half the year in Maine and, and maybe half the year in North Carolina, and they're trying to figure out, you know, do we buy in one place and rent in the other, and you know, trying to figure out those details. Dad has has been skewing it more and more toward. You know, 10 months is his goal, 10 months in Maine, and then just the two harshest months, you know, come back to North Carolina and, uh, you know, shortening that time period here. Well, now mom is starting to do the pushback. So as they're talking about living retirement on their terms, she's like, well, what about all the friends we've built up here and all of the people that we know? And so, you know, she started to push back and trying to get it back to a six to six split. So now their battle is kind of going on trying to figure (laughs) out, all right, what what makes sense for both of us and, you know, all those kinds of things. And she's starting to think, I think, what are we going to do in the middle of, we're living in a little tiny cabin in the middle of Maine. Like, it sounds, I, I idyllic and amazing, but are we going to be really far from healthcare and all these other things? And so it's just bringing up good conversations as they're about, you know, two to three years out from making all of those big moves. And uh, just an interesting illustration of trying to figure out that whole living life on your terms idea. It is. And, and it's all about conversations. You you have to sit down, you have to start the conversation, you have to start the planning process in order to make, if you want to do that, make it happen. Or if it can happen, then it's going to have another conversation that's going to lead into well, what do we want to cut out of our life and make so we can still live life on our own terms and those types of things. It's constant conversation. Listen, life when you were 30 is not the same when you're 50. And it's not going to be the same when you're 70 or 80. Things are always going to change. And you have to be able to have those conversations. And you have to be able to adapt to it. And that's a great point. And these are the kinds of conversations that people have with Kevin all the time when they come in to visit and talk about their financial lives and how to best prepare for retirement. If you'd like to get in touch, you can call 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. We're also going to be talking some more about these kinds of concepts on today's show. We've got lots of good things on the way for you today, so stay tuned. Are you grading yourself appropriately when it comes to your financial and retirement life. What about just your financial competency? Where do you think you would rank? You know, do you give yourself an A, B, C, D, or an F when it comes to your financial preparedness? Well, we're going to give you five key questions on today's show that you can ask so that you can grade yourself a little bit better. Ready to walk through these, Kevin? And you let Uh, us know how people usually do with this quiz. I think I'll give it a whirl. Okay. First question to ask yourself, uh, do you know how much you have? Do you know how much you have? What do we mean? Uh, Obviously, that could uh, have a few layers to that question. Well, it does. And that's where it all starts, right? We have to know how much you've saved for retirement and what your debts are and those types of things. But sometimes you'd be surprised, Walter, when people come into my office for the first time, this is the first time when we sit down, we start doing the planning process that we add everything up. They really didn't know until that point, uh, believe it or not. 
I just talked to a couple who said, this is the first time we had all of our information together in one spot where we could visually see it and then have an idea what's going on with all of our accounts. So the problem is this, if that's you, you know, we, you have to get more organized. So when I sit down with someone, I need to know, you know, what kind and where your investments are held at. That's the first, you know, the first step that we, we go through with many people. For many, this is going to be the first time, like I said, that they're going to see all their investments in a plan that totals everything up so they have a good idea where they're going to. From point A, when you start working, to point B, what I call halftime in your life, to point C, into retirement. So we want, everybody's looking to get forward or get into what I call halftime. In other words, the second part of your life is the day you retire. So if you have investments all over the place, maybe you've had five jobs, and you've left five old 401ks in place, most of the time you're going to be better served to consolidate those five 401ks into one IRA account. And there's a couple of reasons. First, you're most certainly, you know, you'll find better investments out there aligned with your goals in most cases. And I'm betting you can cut costs. If you have five different old 401ks out there, I'm betting you can consolidate and cut costs. And for many, this is going to be the starting point with working with a financial coach to help you achieve your goals faster and more streamlined and get you to and through retirement. So I think, you know, if you don't know how much you have, this is a perfect time to, you know, look internally and say, do I need to sit down with somebody? Do I need to start this process? Do I need, because I'm getting closer to retirement, if you're answering yes to this, then pick up the phone and sit down with your advisor and start that process. Yeah, by the way, if you want to reach out to Kevin Ray about anything we talk about on today's show, not only can you go to insightfolios.com, but you can also reach him via email, kevin at insightfolios.com, or give a call, 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. So grading yourself some key questions to ask. Do you know how much you spend? This is the one, right, Kevin, where people often have it like way out of line with what reality is. Well, it, it, it is most of the time. So most people really don't have a clue how much you're spending each month um, when they come in. So that's obviously a critical part of the planning process. How much do you need in retirement? And it goes both ways. If you look at it, some will underestimate, you know, much more income than they need. And others are going to, you know, do the other thing. They're going to overestimate more income than they need. So if that's you, the first place to do is my suggestion is to start to track how much you spend on a monthly basis. I can almost promise you, you're going to be surprised. If you can't, if you're looking for an easy way to track your expenses and you really don't know how, give my office a call and I'll send you out an expense tracking sheet that we give out to almost everybody that walks in the door. It's going to list a lot of stuff that you never even considered um, in your monthly spending budget. So we need to know that. So if that's you, you're getting close to retirement, you need to know that number because why? We have to figure out how much income you're going to need going into retirement to cover the have-tos. You have to spend on consumers. You have car payments. You have insurances. But more importantly, what are the other things that you're not thinking of? Travel, vacations, gas, groceries, all those other types of things. So if that's you and you need that expense uh, sheet, give us a call. We'll email it to you. We'd be happy to do that. We do this for people all the time. But that's a good, good starting place to start that. Yeah, absolutely. So do you know how much you have and do you know how much you spend? Two key questions to ask out of the gate. Now, if you're new to this whole retirement and financial planning world and starting to think about retirement, 
well, I'm sure you've thought about retirement before, but starting to think about the financials of retirement and how to make it all happen, you may or may not have really thought about how much risk you have. But that's definitely got to be a question you ask yourself as you grade yourself, because the risk question, Kevin, is one of those ones that changes as we get older. You know, how you thought about risk when you were 20, 30, 40 is going to be a lot different than how you should view it when you hit those, you know, that 60 mark or that close to retirement mark. Well, it is. Do you percentage-wise, Walter, if you had to guess, for the people who I, I see, what do you what percent do you think know exactly how much risk they have in their portfolio? Mm, 10%. Yeah, if that, if yeah. that, you're, you're close. So. I'm, I'm a generous guy, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm being optimistic. And, and you mentioned it just a second ago. The, you know, the older you get, the, the more conservative people tend to get. And some people will think because they hold bonds in their portfolio, they're not taking any risk. All we have to do is just look back a few years. Do you remember which, which bonds, if you held them in 2008, you're in trouble, Walter? Do I remember which bonds? Yeah, so I am think Michigan. I'll give you a clue. Oh, uh, General Motors. General Motors, the yep. city of Detroit, right? Yep. So if you held those bonds, they weren't necessarily a safe thing because those companies you know, defaulted on those bonds. So how do you measure risk in your portfolio? Well, there's something called standard deviation. It's the most common method for determining the risk that your investment has is, is called standard deviation. So what does it do? It helps you determine market volatility on the spread of your asset prices, right? So in other words, there's a number assigned to standard deviation. And the S&P, for example, is somewhere in the neighborhood of 15. One being very conservative, small cap stocks have a standard deviation in the high 20s. So in order to figure out how much risk you are taking in your portfolio, there's a way to calculate your standard deviation. And let me give you another clue. If you hold 10 or 11 different mutual fund accounts in your in your um, portfolio and you think that's lowering your risk, but I would will, I'd be willing to bet that those same uh, mutual funds are growth mutual funds that pretty much own all the same companies. So that's not diversification that doesn't decrease your risk. In fact, it may increase your risk. So know that number, know your standard deviation number on your portfolio, and that'll give you a good, you know, a good judgment call as to how much risk you're actually taking. So interesting when you look at these kinds of, uh, you know, self quizzes of, you know, yeah, are you nodding your head along going, yeah, that's me. I know how much I have. I know how much I spend. I'm, I'm all on this. Uh, that's great. But uh, the vast majority of people start going, ooh, yeah, I don't really know. I think I'm risky, but I don't know. Uh, yes. or, or I think I'm not at risk. And then people get reviews done. It's like, no, you're totally at risk. <laughs> and so, you know, people overlook that sometimes. It's interesting how what we perceive is sometimes out of line with reality. Another great example of where that comes into play is question number four, Kevin. Do you know what you're paying in fees? A lot of people have really no idea what, what their plan is costing them. Well, that's true. I mean, let's just take a look at something else. Your your cell bill, right? There's fees all over there, but nobody pays attention to that. What's the what's the bottom dollar is what most people are looking for. So if we look at that, some people don't even pay any attention to their fees at all. Others think they know what they're paying, but they actually have hidden fees that they don't realize are there. Remember, the devil's in the details. So you have to be very careful and start extracting some of these fees. And there's we talked about it before. There's personalfund.com that you can do it and, and other types of things. If your investments are held in mutual funds, the only fee you're likely to see is what's called the expense fee. And guess what? There are lots more fees involved in your mutual funds. So that's just one fee out of many that are involved in mutual funds. What most don't realize is that there are other fees hidden inside that mutual fund. There's turnover costs, there's cash trade, there's all kinds of things that are going on. 
inside your fund that most people don't know. And we all know this, Walter, right? There's no free lunch when it comes to investing. Everybody likes to get paid. Everybody, you know, uh, likes to eat and those types of things. You just have to make sure that if you are paying a fee, your fee is worth the service you're receiving. So how do you know? Well, if you're if you have an advisor and you've been paying fees, and the only time you hear from that advisor is when there's something else on the plate that they they want to try to sell you that's probably a good indication you're not getting you know the value for your fee and the other hand if your advisor is meeting with you going over your plan updating you giving you a good income plan going forward well then that fee is probably worth it so fees are a necessary uh, necessary item that's going to go forth just make sure you're getting the bang for your buck wow i think it's uh really interesting to look at these kevin because we get to this last one right so even if you've answered yes to the first four you know your fees you have a good idea of how much risk you're taking you know how much you're spending you know how much you have at your disposal a lot of people don't know then how to transition that to what you need to do in retirement and that's start drawing income from your investments and and fulfilling that lifestyle with how much you spend how do you make that transition in that switch and that's why you have to ask this final question and these are just sort of five top high level questions obviously it gets more detailed as you get into individual situations but ask yourself do you know what your retirement income streams are going to look like are you just going to have this big old portfolio that you're pulling from are you going to have uh, social security different things that come into that puzzle to help solve that income stream a lot of people just don't know how to like turn that hose uh, and, and turn the water on and make the water come out of the hose you know what i mean Right, uh, and that's the biggest part of retirement planning, income streams, because we're all going to need income. So you need to understand your Social Security benefit program. How about your pension options? Do I take life only? Do I take 100% joint survivor, 50% joint survivor? That's all a very important piece of your retirement planning uh, puzzle. So once you know that, they're going to be, that's going to be your fixed income that you can count on every month. So in other words, you know, once you start drawing Social Security and once you start drawing your pension, you cannot change your mind. So make sure you sit down with somebody and figure this out before you pull the trigger and say, this is this is what I think is best. Don't think what's best, know what's best. Um, but if what if that money, what if your pension and your Social Security is not enough income on a monthly basis? How do you fill that void? So let's let me give you an example. You need an additional $900 per month up and above what your pension or your Social Security will provide. Well, there are investments you can use. Certainly, you have to use some sort of investment to get there. So let's take a look at a couple. Well, you could use a government bond if you say, I don't want any risk. Well, there's a couple of places to look. If you want, if you don't want any, any risk, you could use a government bond. Most people don't do that uh, nowadays, Walter. Do you know why? Why is that? Uh, because the, the interest is very, very, very low. Oh, right? yeah. And yeah. might be for a long time. We don't know. Well, f- for a long time, yeah. You could use a CD. So if you're looking for safety, you could use a CD. Same thing goes here. The interest rate is low. So maybe you don't, you can't generate enough interest to generate those dollars and you don't want to spend principal so you, so you don't have to, the chance of running out of money. You could do annuities. Annuities, most fixed or fixed annuities have guarantees also. They're going to get a little higher interest rate. You can get uh, three, three point three, three point five nowadays to kind of help supplement your dollars when going forth. The other thing you could do is you could use mutual funds. Some people are have uh, all mutual funds of investments. Now, here's the problem I see there with mutual funds is that in a down market like we just went through, and if you need that nine hundred dollars per month, you have to sell 
principal, you have to sell shares, you have to sell something in that mutual fund to generate that $900. And the problem is you're selling principal, you're selling shares, you're selling something, and the market's down, it takes longer to recoup, and maybe you have a better chance of running out of money. And my favorite is this. We use, a lot of times in our office, we'll use dividend-paying stocks. So what a dividend is, is nothing more than profit that a company will pay you for holding one share. So let's say, you know, a company pays you a dollar for every share that you own. The share price goes up and down all the time. So if you, if we went through this pandemic, for example, and maybe the share price was $100 a share, and you had 1,000 shares, so it paid you $1,000 because it paid you a dollar per share, and then it went down to $90 a share, if you didn't sell any of those shares, you still got the $1,000 uh, coming up. So what what does it do? It doesn't force you to sell shares of your portfolio because that dividend comes whether the market's up, down, or sideways. So there are ways to fill that need, and if that's you, you need to figure out. That's the first part when we sit down, we look at what your shortfall is. So if you have a shortfall like uh, $900 per month, how do we fill that need without you spending principal, spending you know, assets, uh, selling shares of something. And that's critical. Going forward, that's the critical part of your portfolio or in your plan that needs to be filled. And if that's you, you need to sit down with an advisor and figure that out. How do I fill that need? How do I fill that shortfall so I don't run out of money? Because that's on everybody's mind. These are just a few investments that I'm talking about, but you could use many, many more if you wanted to. But that's a critical portion of when we sit down and we talk to people, how do we fill that need? And then that's what we do on the planning side. I show people how we fill that need. And if that's you, figure this out before you go into retirement. Don't wait until you retire. Just get it figured out. Retirement planning isn't as simple as just making two or three decisions and you're done. Uh, it really takes a process to work through. Make sure that no stone is left unturned. Make sure that you're really working through all of the important decisions that you need to make during the retirement planning process. And Kevin walks his clients through that process each and every day in the office. And if you'd like to go through some of that planning on your own, get a deep look at your own situation, your own financial situation, uh, it's really important to do that before you hit that retirement date. Um, the earlier you can get in and have these conversations, the better, especially if you're in that five to 10 years away from retirement. Now is your prime time for making these kinds of decisions so that you're not having to do any backtracking or fixing of problems the closer and closer you get to retirement if you do this on your own and, and make some missteps along the way. So if you'd like to take advantage of a complimentary review of your plan with Kevin, get a checkup of where you are right now, what your financial health looks like, how you can better prepare for your financial future. Uh, it's easy to get in touch. All you have to do is go to 888-885-PLAN on your phone and give a call. That's 888-885-PLAN. Or you can go to insightfolios.com. That's insightfolios.com and get in touch through the website as well. There's much more coming up on today's show. Uh, we're going to be talking about the stuff nobody says on today's show and much more. So stay with us. Walter Storholt here alongside Kevin Ray, reminding you if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526. More coming up on today's show. Stay tuned. No need to complicate it. This is Simply Financial. Rocking and rolling on another show. This is Simply Financial alongside Kevin Ray. I'm Walter Storholt. Uh, Kevin's your financial coach at Insight Folio, serving you throughout the Tri-City area with offices in Pinconning and Saginaw. Kevin has about three decades of experience in the financial planning world and is the co-author of the book, 
navigating through retirement. Kevin, let's talk about the retirement pyramid. So let's picture retirement as a pyramid and uh, go through the different levels of planning that need to occur. I mean, I think the concept here is uh, is pretty simple, right? So if a retirement plan is built like a pyramid, we've got different levels that we've got to work our way up with, starting with a really strong foundation, right? Right. Foundation, obviously, you know, the great pyramid of Giza, right? It's been around for <laughs> how many right. years? 5,000, something like that? It's crazy. Amazing crazy, what they right? were able to build, yes. So when, we want a, when you want a pyramid, you want something, I'm assuming, just as strong. So, you know, the first foundation would be, or the first one would be your foundation. It's going to be your needs. So what are going to be your needs in retirement? Well, we got to look at food. We got to look at housing. We got to look at health care, taxes, and all the have-tos, you know, all the have-tos that you that you pay. So we want to make sure in that first level that we're going to take care of all those things. Second level, in my opinion, is going to be wants. You know, there's going to be vacations, hobbies, entertainment, spending time with the grandkids. You know, that's the second level. How do we address that level? And then the third level is going to be more of a state planning type thing. So it's going to be your wishes. How do you want your money distributed? Who do you want it to go to? You want it to get there as tax efficient as possible, those types of things. Okay, all that makes sense. So let's go through in a little bit more detail in each of those levels. So if we're trying to build our retirement pyramid and and establishing that foundation, uh, tell us a little bit more what we need in that base level. Okay, so actually we're talking about the needs. So our needs require what, Walter? Uh, self-awareness, <laughs> knowing, knowing, knowing what we want, right? Knowing what we, well, knowing what we need, and then that's going to take income, right? Right. We need, we need some dollars to cover that. Yeah, we need dollars. So those dollars need to be pretty solid. So that's why it's at the bottom of your foundation. So what would those dollars, what would you put in that, in that foundation? Well, most of the foundation is going to be safety. So where are you going to get safety from? You're going to have a pension plan. That's probably pretty safe. You're going to have Social Security. That's pretty safe. You could add some annuities, but nowadays that's very, very tough because the interest rates are low. You could have some annuities, fixed annuities, because fixed annuities are guaranteed. You can get as high, you can get almost 4% today on annuities. So what what do all those have in common? Well, they generate income on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis, whatever type of income you need. Most people are monthly. And that income is always there, so it's always taking care of your needs every single month for you to fill that shortfall that we talk about every single week. So it's really like we have two pyramids. We have the the, the spending pyramid and then the income pyramid, and we're kind of, but they also kind of marry together because they they overlap. the The yes. needs are covered by things that are predictable. You don't want to cover your needs with things that are unpredictable. So we don't want to be relying to pay rent or our mortgage on something that's like really volatile. And so that's why you're not putting stocks and um, you know other equities and those kinds of things into that need category at the foundation of the pyramid. Right, because it, it is a need. So we don't want to fool around too much in the market in those particular places. Once we get that built, we move up the pyramid a little bit. Things change, both in the types of investments and income sources and retirement elements, but so does the need. Uh, we, we've taken care of those needs. So it morphs into, as you gave us the preview a little bit earlier, into the wants. So what are the things that we start to address after we handle that base level? Okay, so we're gonna, we address the base level. We got your income coming in every single month, and it should satisfy that. So now comes our wants. 
So our needs started at, all right, it paid for our everyday expenses, our food, housing, health care, taxes, so on. But our wants are something different. You know, maybe you have some vacation you want to go on. Maybe you have a hobby. You know, I have several clients now who are flying the uh, remote control airplanes, you know, and those are very expensive. I couldn't believe the price of some of those planes. What about entertainment? You want to go to so many concerts or, or shows or those those types of things. So with that, as long as we have your needs taken care of, now we can start investing in, in more of fixed income, more of core fixed income, some in equities to take care of that because the cost of those things are going to go up year in, year out. So what do we look? Well, maybe we look at mutual funds. Maybe we look at individual stocks that produce dividend income that's pretty predictable. Maybe we look at an ETF because why Why an ETF? Because they're less expensive and a lot of times they, they can duplicate what mutual funds do. So we take care of your wants that way. We started at a very, very low expectation of return and now with wants we're going to take more of a risk and we're going to think of that long term because long term is where you need to be in the wants. Mm, all good points. I love the, uh, the, the work through of the wants. That's where I'm sure a big bulk of the planning gets spent once you handle that that income level, that, that need level that's further down below. People like talking about the wants more than the needs, don't they? Uh, always. <laughs> always. <yes. laughs> big part of the conversation. All right. What's the uh, We get to the tip of the pyramid, I suppose, is our next level. So how does both the income or the investments and the retirement elements change there, as well as what does the spending now look like, or how do we move on from needs and wants? Well, we get to our wishes, right? Think of this, we started at the base, and we're younger. As we go up the top of the pyramid, we're getting older. So at some point in time, you're going to want to pass on, in the best possible way, what you have saved. to Maybe your children, charities, or whatever it is. So what do we look at? So if we're looking at that, typically life insurance. Now, I just heard 10,000 people turn down the radio when I said life insurance, Walter. But... You know, if we look at Malcolm Forbes, you remember Malcolm Forbes? No. What was his uh, familiarity? Well, you know, he flew around on hot balloons. He dated Liz Taylor. He was from the Forbes magazine, right? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. He bought the single largest life insurance at that time that anybody had purchased. Why would somebody do that? Well, you know, he had a lot of money, obviously, and he figured out, geez, if I take one taxable dollar out of my bank account, and I buy a life insurance policy, I could possibly turn that into two or three tax-free dollars down the road. So he bought the single largest life insurance policy for his need of paying the estate tax at that time so he, the children wouldn't have to do that. So that money was, that was part of the reason. That money was set aside to buy one taxable dollar and turn it into two or three taxable dollars or tax-free dollars, excuse me, in life insurance. So when that life insurance paid out, which is just a few years later, it was tax-free. And then we took the ta- or he took the tax-free money to pay the tax on the taxable money. So that's probably what a lot of people are going to do. So let's just say, how do we, how do we interpret that to uh, regular everyday people like me and you, Walter, is we do it this way. Maybe we have a million-dollar IRA, and it's a traditional IRA. So, Walter, is that taxable? All of it? Part of it? Or some of it? Or none of it? The traditional? All of it, right. All of it, right. Yeah. So you're leaving your kids a million-dollar tax time bomb, aren't you? Yeah, you're you're not leaving them a million dollars. You're not. (laughs) 
So how could you take care of that? Well, you buy a life insurance policy to pay the tax on that when you're done. So you take part of that million and you pay the premium on a life insurance. Again, you can turn one taxable dollar into two or three taxable dollars to take care of that that need that, that when you're gone. Or maybe you want to leave a university, a hospital, whatever it is, money. Or you want to leave a certain charity money. Or you want to leave it all to your kids. Life insurance is a good thing to do and, and, and a good way to take care of that economically. And as long as you're healthy, here's the key, as long as you're healthy, you can purchase that. But that's just part of the estate planning need. So now we need to talk to attorneys, you know, put things in the trust, so on and so forth. But that's how you get through the three levels of the pyramid when you work your way to the top, is you do it very confidently. You do it with knowledge. You do it, you work with people who have the knowledge to get you there. And then once you're there, you have no more worries because you've taken care of it. Now, not everybody's financial or retirement pyramid ends up looking the same, right? This is the the basic structure, but, you know, Jane's pyramid is going to look a little bit different than Bob's when they come in and meet with you. It is, and everybody's different, like you said. So some people, you know, have a million-dollar Roth IRA. So the things change because that's not taxable anymore. And the, the needs and everything we talked about are different for everybody. I'm kind of simplifying it so I can make it easy to understand, but you're right. So there's going to be some, some niche planning that's going to be different for everybody, but the key here is to do the planning. That's a great point. I guess the, the levels of the pyramid stay the same. Maybe it's the uh, the thickness of each part of the pyramid adjusts from person to person. Someone who you know has no mortgage, uh, their need, the thickness of their needs is going to be smaller. We're going to get to the wants faster versus somebody who maybe still has a lot left to pay on the mortgage, maybe some debt to clean up. There's going to be some bigger needs on the bottom of the pyramid that take up a little bit more time and attention during the planning process. But that's why it's important to go through the review and go through that conversation with Kevin and the team. So if you've never had a retirement pyramid kind of analysis done on your portfolio and you'd like to get that done, pick up the phone, give Kevin a call. 888-885-PLAN is the number to set up your time to meet with Kevin. That's 888-885-7526. And you can also go to insightfolios.com to learn more about Kevin and the team and to set up a time to meet there as well. Uh, You can email Kevin at insightfolios.com. But again, the easiest way is to pick up the phone, give a call to 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. More to come on today's show. Stay with us here on Simply Financial. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. Kevin, quick question for you today. Uh, what hobby would you get into if time and money weren't an issue? Ooh, that, that's an easy one. I'd love to do archaeology. Archaeology? Um, archaeology. Okay. I'd love to be an Indiana Jones and go dig up stuff from the past. I just always fascinated me. So when I'm watching the Discovery Channel, you know, I just, I, for whatever reason, I just, it just thrills me. And I so what kind of be, archaeology would you do? Like, you want to look for like human artifacts or you want to do more like looking for dinosaur bones or? Uh, human, okay. gold, all the stuff, you know, the Egyptian's head, you know, all that kind yeah. of cool stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, not, that's pretty not cool. Not dinosaurs. I, has no, I have no interest in that, but, okay. but the human, for, yeah, that's. That's, that would be a lot of fun to me. Interesting. I would never uh, never have guessed that. I took a class in college. I thought it was going to be an easy A, and uh, I liked Italian food. So f- to fulfill one of my history requirements, I took Italian archaeology. 
Wow. One of the most difficult classes I've ever taken in my entire life. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was very tough to survive that class. I can't say I share the same love for archaeology that you do. It just seems very fascinating to figure out how they did stuff 5,000 yeah. years ago. You know, yeah. so. That is cool. Yeah, some of that stuff is cool. How did they get running water and, and the invention of just like, you know, plumbing. Like it is kind of fascinating to figure out how old cities and 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 towns and you know f- figured that stuff out. That is pretty interesting. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I just maybe get wrapped up in the okay. Here's another plate. Okay, here's what another plate looked like. You know, five thousand years ago. Okay, here's a, a a quarter inch of a fork that they used to eat. And, you know, once you look at so many images of that, you're kind of like, all right, well, I, I get the idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or how, how can they build the pyramids and still standing all these years later? Yeah. Right? All right. So you're and focused we, on like the big picture, cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All I'd right. love to dig up something. I just watched something. You want to big England. up a whole town, not just, yeah, you know, yeah. a fork. <laughs> I, and, and I want to go fast. Give me the excavator so I can get in there and get, right. get big holes. Yeah. That's right. Something tells me you wouldn't survive in archaeology. I, I believe it's a very slow process. I, I believe it. Cause my you got to dust, dust the stuff off for days and days and days yeah. to not break it. Yeah, patience maybe not. But my dad and I, we have a metal detector. We'll go out once in a while. That's always fun That's too. That's right. So. Well, the question was if time and money weren't an issue. So the time right. thing, we can kind of we can play with that a little bit. A little bit. Mine would be simple. I would say uh, flying. I think it'd be really cool to uh, take flying lessons and and have and buy a plane and and you know fly around like a personal plane. Pretty high risk though, so I don't know. I don't know if I would fully get into it. But it just seems awesome to be able to kind of to to have that control and fly through the air. I don't know. Be pretty cool. That's number two on my list. Number two, okay. I have yeah. flown a plane when I was a kid. I used to work for the neighbor, and he taped me up and let me fly. So, oh, that's yeah, cool. It was. I don't know why I didn't go. My dad always asked me a question: Why don't you get your flying license? Yeah, hey, well, because you're not an archaeologist. If you were an archaeologist, you could then fly to your archaeology sites. Well, maybe I'll have to do both now. The merge of the two hobbies. See? One makes <laughs> one. One makes the other easier to do. It gives that, you the that, reason for it. That, so. That's a thing. There you go. All right, we know what you're doing in retirement. Then you're flying to archaeology sites and uh, renting excavators to dig up the earth and (laughs) find cool things. So you're going to have an interesting retirement, that's for sure. Very cool. That's getting to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. Uh, Financial talk still to come. Stay tuned here on Simply Financial. Planning for retirement shouldn't feel like rocket science. According to the equation, S equals one-half A-T squared. But it's easy to get lost in the financial jargon. Keep listening to clear up the confusion. Well, before we wrap up for the week here on Simply Financial, I want to squeeze in a quick question from a listener. Marty has a question this week. Uh, if you have questions, you could submit those. Kevin at insightfolios.com is the email address or online at insightfolios.com. Marty says, I've heard that you need to have between 15 and 20 times your annual salary in savings to be able to retire comfortably. Do you think that's accurate? Well, that's a rule of thumb, Marty. And I can tell you, the more saved, the better off you're going to be, obviously. But I can also tell you that everyone is different. And I can give you an example. I have a couple of clients where their pensions are over $100,000 per year. Now, that's you know not many clients, but I have a couple, two or three that are, their pensions are that. So if that's you... Obviously, you know, the 15 to 20 times probably isn't as important as if you don't have a pension. But the more you save, obviously, the better off you're going to be. 
And 15 to 20 times, maybe the good rule, may not be the good rule. The better rule is this. Figure out what your shortfall is. Figure out how much income you need to generate up and above your Social Security and your pensions. Figure out how much you've saved for retirement. And then figure out how do you turn what you saved in retirement into an income stream that doesn't run out before you run out of life. And that's the first That's the first step, Marty. And that's not necessarily 15 to 20 times. In fact, often it's not 15 to 20 times when I sit down with people. So it all depends on your own personal situation. Obviously, pensions help out a great deal. Social Security is going to be in there. Maybe you have rental income. Maybe you, you, you have land contract income. I don't know. But 15 to 20 times is just a rule of thumb. And most of the time when I sit down with people, that's not accurate. So Marty, give me a call. Happy to sit down and go through that example with you that we just went through and see if it works in your particular case. If you need a complimentary, customized, and comprehensive financial plan, uh, Kevin Ray is the person to turn to to get that here in the Pinconning and Saginaw areas, offices in both locations. And you can schedule a time to talk about your situation by dialing 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Best way to get in touch, 888-885-PLAN. Call that number. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick note. Kevin and his team will be able to get back with you. 888-885-PLAN. Call now, 888-885-7526. Have a great week, everybody. Until then, we'll talk to you next time right back here on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.